Hello, um, and welcome to the Thomas and Way podcast number nine. Number nine. I'm Tony Way. Number nine. Reece number nine. Yoko Ono. Number nine. I mean, what a piece of shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Be honest. No, I agree. Yeah. Well, I don't yeah. say it's a piece of shit. It's innovative, and it's Ooh. one of the first things that did it. So, what do you mean? But you're because sorry? of that, it's probably going to be shit. Do you skip it when it comes on? I always listen to it a bit, and then I do skip it. Yeah, I'll admit, I skip it. What songs do you skip on the White Album? Oh, that one. Not many. I'm not always Julia. up for Bungalow Bill. No. I do love it, but I... She's in the background fucking about. Yeah. What she say? That. Hey, Bungalow Bill. She says something. No, she goes, her own he line. might sing men the boo-boos. Really fierce. She does yeah, that. that, yeah, that. No, not good. Fuck you, Yoko. Yeah, you... Bullshitter. Although at seventy-one, she looks. She's hot stuff. She's gorgeous. I think if I was John Lennon, you could think of the world is at your feet. You can have any woman you want. Mm. Obviously, she must have had something going for her. I mean, maybe she. She's a, intelligent. She's arty. She was into the same sort of things he was. Maybe she had good juice. Love is blind, Reese. Yeah, good juice. You know, talking about love is blind. This is a true story. My brother's a hairdresser, right? Yeah, and uh, this is absolutely true. Not long ago, a woman came in with a dog, right? She's got one dog, and she's not blind. And a woman came in who was blind, who had a guide dog. Mm. And what happened was, is that the, uh, it was very busy that day, and the, the blind woman took the wrong dog with her. Did this really happen? This really happened. So my brother... <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like the, a Dave Allen story. <laughs> it does sound like a Dave Allen story. So basically, they just heard, this is absolutely true, so she went, OK, thanks, and paid the bill, and then, you know, left... And this is the same woman who could not see... My brother would say, like, OK, put your card in. She and, couldn't and, see she was blind. Well, she had, to put her, she had to put her pin number in the card. She paid by card. Right. So she had to put her pin number in, but she didn't know how far... To, she had to look... She was blind, but she was... Oh, uh, OK. So partially basically, sighted. Partially sighted. So when she had to look down at the pin, right, on, on the thing, she accidentally went like that and banged her head on the, on the counter because <laughs> she, she went too far down. But there's a thing for that, which I remember noticing on phones from yeah. when I was a child. Braille. That, there's the little ridge on the five, so you, that's how you know in, if there's a power yeah. cut. On every phone, apart from the iPhone, obviously, because there's no buttons. So that is, yeah, that's I, a flaw Apple, with the iPhone. Apple, yeah, it's not good for... for Terrible. Uh, death, but the blind. thing is, yeah, that's for blind, true. For blind. But yeah, then you can use voice recognition, I suppose. You use Siri. Do you ever use that? Never. Never? Never I mean, I mean, it's a Useless. major... Every time I've tried to use it, it says it's not working. I do not understand. Yeah, it just doesn't work. It just says no coverage or something. No, I do this thing sometimes. And why is it a weird man here... In the American adverts, it's a sexy lady's voice. We can change the settings. It says, hi, I'm Siri. Oh. And over here it goes, hello. Oh, dreadful. I, did it, um, I, I remember when my, my uh, Siri thing, right, because it comes on when you don't want it, right? Mm. So I, I've noticed, if you ever listen to, if you try and listen back to a voice message, yeah. and you try and listen to it back, somehow your ear, my lobe, punches the screen, oh. and Siri comes on all the time. I go, no, I want to hear the message. He goes, I basled him. He doesn't know what you're talking about. Um... Yeah, so the blind thing. What are we talking about? My brother hairdresser. Uh, your brother, so yes. Yeah, so 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 she the woman. The wrong dog. She took the wrong dog, and li- genuinely, there was a massive noise. They heard like <laughs> bib crash outside the outside the salon. My brother also once he said to, he he said to there's a woman who came with multiple sclerosis, mm. and my brother said, oh, she's the one with mi- mi- mixomatosis. Oh. He got it wrong. <laughs> he also a woman came in with a big neck collar once, and he said, don't, don't you, oh, do you want to take that off? You must get really hot in it, and. He thought it was a scarf. Oh, God. You know. 
Don't go. To, no, listen. It's the salon in Jersey. He's a, he's a great hairdresser. But we're thinking of hairdressers aren't um, renowned always for being perceptive. That's a polite way of putting it. He genuinely once said to me one of my favourite things. He said to me once. One bloke came into my hair to my salon once, and he doesn't really like talking. He doesn't really like talking to the people because you have to make conversation all the time. He hates making conversation. And your brother, not my, the. No, my brother, right. yeah, so he, he washes their hair, and basically he's very squeamish, and a man came in, uh, and basically he had, he had like, um, uh, like babies have, um, what's it called? A when soft, it, a soft No, he done, he's had that as well, he had one man who came in once with a soft head. With a hole in his head. And he felt his brain, basically, <laughs> and he went, ah, and he went, what is it? And he explained to him afterwards, no, another person came in with, um, what's it called, scalp, what's it called, with babies have, oh, fuck, what's the term? Lice. Oh, no, 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 when they've got really flaky skin on their head, it's called... Ah! Oh, I don't know. You know, guys, at home with babies. Scabs. Anyway, it's when you've got a really flaky skin on top, it's called something. I wish I knew what it was called. Anyway. Is it a baby-only thing? It's a baby-only thing called... Something to do with scalp. Anyway, he... It was, it was like a flaky skin in his head, and my brother oh. said to me once, I didn't know it was so flaky, it was like Alpen. I didn't know whether to <laughs> put shampoo in his hair or milk. Yeah, I thought head, it was quite a funny line. It's very funny. Head crisps. Head crisps. Now, do you, head crisps. A lot of people suffer from that. Yeah. It's called dandruff, but this is like this is like proper Big flakes. Old, yeah. It's, it's called yeah. it's called it's, it's, called, it's called cradle cap. Oh, is that what it's called? Yeah, man, had cradle cap. It sounds that sounds like a um, a medieval torture device. <laughs> um, should we say why we we decided to suddenly do a podcast tonight? Yes. Because the boys are back in the town. Lucy is away. She's working in, wife. in a play. And and Tony's wife is working. Girlfriend. Girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, get it. sorry. <laughs> she's working on Angelos. Yes, uh, the TV show. She's producing that. So, so, basically, the boys aren't back in town. The boys are in the same town they were in, just left alone. Yeah. My, my mum's looking after the, the kids. Yeah. Um, Where are your kids? Uh, you know what happened to them oh god <laughs> they were in the back of a they were in Basra in the back of a fucking boot there's a Basra boot sale uh, strapped up no the boot sale the other day the traffic coming to Essex because of that boot sale oh, they still go on don't they sale. So I'm sorry about the Basra boot sale thing um, that's... why I said Basra boot sale yeah so we so we this is like a bachelor party whereas a lot of people go yeah. get the girls in get the guys yeah we no, just Came round here um, with some beers and a, a mobile phone and decided. To <laughs> this is sponsored by Red Stripe, isn't it? This, this mm. thing. It fucking should be the amount I drink. Then again, it's not like I don't enjoy it. No, I should at least get some free ones. So we are in Tony's uh, house and we look. He's got lovely art on the walls. I, I, you know, beautiful art. It's my one pleasure. Is it? No, <laughs> I've got several beer fags. Um. Playing computer games, which is what I've done for two days. Well, I'm finally... I, you know my Angry Birds thing? Mm. I know I'm, I'm about two years too late. Yeah. It makes my journey on the train go so much faster, but I feel slightly embarrassed by it. Do you know that thing when you got on the tube and it's full of kids and they come on? Mm. And you can't let all smile at them. Mm. And I end up looking at them... Chat and, them up, take them home. Chat them up, take them home. And they all do the little head count, and I'm going, hi, get under there. <laughs> when you say get under there, what are you talking about? Like a little raincoat? I put, I put them in my bag. Oh, yeah. I, I wear a certain skirt and I sit on them. I'm I'm like an old I'm like I'm like one of those paedophile priests. Yeah, I'm just kind of sitting on them and making sure that no one sees. I've got a good story for you about paedophile priests. Is it libelous? Do you want to hear my Peter Townsend story? Oh. <laughs> no, no, it's nothing to do with paedophiles. <laughs> Hang on, no, no, that sounds weird. 
no, 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 no. There's nothing to do with that. No, okay. This is just, a, just happened to the way that the, the corner turned there was wrong. Here's a funny story. Tell me the story about Pete Townsend. Okay. The not paedophile Pete Townsend. No, no. It's, the fact we're talking about paedophile. It was about. It was about. It was about like. Um, how do we get to it? Doesn't matter. Just go. Go with it. Okay. So, I know someone <laughs> who's making a documentary about them, right? Right. About, about the Who. Yes. And so, so, um, so they go. So basically, the director. And the cameraman go round to Pete Townsend's house the day before, and they say, "We make a document. They make a documentary about quadrophenia. It's coming out soon." Yeah. So they go round and they look at the house to say, "Where are we going to film? We'll film it." He's got a little room downstairs, and honestly, I mean, the thing about his house, apparently, like, you know, a lot of rock stars' houses are full of like pictures of themselves or yeah. gold discs yeah, yeah. or whatever. A bit like your house, a bit like my house. <laughs> and his, ha- but his house is full like original Dali and like lots of art. You know, he's Good. very much into all that. Obviously, because he's very. That's because you were talking about my art. That's the reason. That's where it came yes. from. Yes, right. That's where it came from. Nothing to do with the paedophile thing. Um, hello, this is Tony Way here. Um, I'm editing the uh, podcast the day after we recorded it. Um, apologies. Um, here, Reese launched into a story about Pete Townsend um, that was very funny, but he texted me this morning, right this morning, and said that we can't use it um, because it might be in a documentary that's not Reese's to. Um, use so apologies for that it was a good story but maybe we'll get to tell it once the documentary's gone out so um well listen to this i'm giving it away aren't i it's over my documentary i'm ruining someone else's documentary they won't have any of that in it will they no no yeah so it turns out that they uh, will have some of that in the documentary so we had a little chat about that um there was talk of uh fighting and uh, this is where we continue with the podcast sorry about that bye wasn't he a boxer he looks like he could have been one. He's, he looks powerful. So that's quite In the good. same way that, let's not get on too much about Freddie Mercury, we've spoken quite a bit, but Freddie Mercury, I think if he turned in his day, he was a powerful man. Big, muscly he arms. Got, he got nice muscly arms. Mm. He was a bit... He was never violent. I mean, no, they, they I, never had, what I'm saying is if he did, if the red mists... They never had... What's funny about them, they never had fights. They would get all their anger out through Scrabble. And it would be genuinely, so basically it'd be like... I'm not surprised. So the four of them, because, you know, this is like one of the most intelligent bands in the world. And they'd all sit round. You know, I suppose Pink Floyd and Genesis are equally as intelligent. There's not many. Radiohead, probably quite intelligent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they would all sort of sit round the table and and all their anger would come out via Scrabble. So they'd have an argument about a guitar riff and then they'd go, fuck you, is quince on a triple triple word? Yeah, well, the biggest word they ever got, which is a true story, was... um, Oh, God. There's a word, that, and it was a high score ever, it was like 180, which was something that went across the middle. Oh, God, I can't remember the word. Anyway, God, that would be a mastermind question. <laughs> but anyway, he, there was a certain word they got, and, and it, it was a lot of contention for a long time. Not over the work, over the Scrabble score. Right. Oh, God, that sounds very tough. We were talking before, me and Tony, <laughs> we used to be in a comedy group together called Stay Alive Peppy, and we were saying how we never argued. We all got on really well. Mm. And that's probably why we didn't get on. In just the future. simmered underneath. We just simmered, simmered underneath. Simmered underneath, and no, it didn't at all. It was, um, it was. Uh, we were, we're a nice bunch of blokes. We don't like to argue very much. No, we're very polite. So if someone has a bad line, they go like, "It's funny." And again, it's Freddie Mercury documentary. There's a bit where he goes, "You know, if they come to me with an idea that's not a good idea for a song, I go, mm. this is rubbish, not good enough.'" And they go, and, they, and and he goes, "And the same happens to me if they come to me with an idea." You know, they say, we don't like it. And yeah. the interview goes to him, what do you tell him? What do you say to them then? He goes, well, I tell them to fuck off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but also, I think when we used to write together, it was weird because we do, 
performance first. So we would video ourselves quite often, and then you know whether it's yeah, right whether you think it's funny or not, whether anyone else thinks it's funny. Or besides the point, you can never guess that. But you already know that it's we find it funny, and then you know what to cut. And also, if I was to give you say right, I'll put this joke in, and if you didn't, if you said it wasn't funny, I'd know that you I don't know why, because I, I know I wouldn't be doing it just because I was jealous that you can't do something funny. Yeah, we were like, you. Genuine, I know you genuinely believe that it wasn't funny enough, which you can take on the chin and ignore. But well, I guess, I guess, with some people, if there's jealousy in the comedy group, mm. people will be saying, "Oh, that's not funny enough," and they won't mean it. They're just saying it because they got they're angry with you, or and then that's where I think bitterness can come into some some groups. And well, there's a genuine thing where I found, like for example, years ago when we did front of the funeral parlor, mm. I was allowed to come to like when. It's a long time ago. And the director of that was called Chris Gurdon, who did Gavin Estates and all those things. Let's not forget the director of the first series as well. A Peter Boy McLean. McLean. But he, for example, he didn't let me near anywhere near the edit. Right. So I wasn't allowed to see anything until right. it was done. Yeah. Now, uh, whereas Chris Gurnan would say, I'll come into the edit suite, and we, we'd all actually, you know, they'd do the rough assembly. Yeah, yeah. And then you spend a, a, you know, a week going through it all. Yeah, yeah. Because she wasn't intimidated by having someone who was in it there. Because right, yeah, yeah, what yeah. a lot of people think is... Because a lot of people who are actors who are starring in their things are thinking about themselves. Did you not even get like a final look and sort of final edit on the first series? Not no. at all. Oh, I just assumed. No, it so did. it was just as it was. And I think, like you know, and it's like that's why a lot of these people now direct and star in their things because they want to have that say. Because mm. you know, you can easily make something and then hand it in because you know where everything is shaped. Genuinely true is in the edit. It really is. Yeah. And it's like you know, I mean, sometimes script. you can't make a. Silk, silk purse out of a pig's ear. They say that, but you, you can, sort of you sort of can, can make things much better. Yeah, and also, and you know, and that's true. So, well, it, it, the, the best way of seeing that is if anyone ever goes to um, a sketch show that's being recorded live, um, and they play VTs in of sketches, they're always left baggy, and you can see how important the edit is just by looking at the baggier versions of sketches because the, it's sort of the timing's off. But it's yeah. left baggy for the audience to. To see, sometimes to see what's funny and what isn't, and it's just, it's not a proper edit. But the whole thing about with George Lucas, right, still doing Star Wars after all this time, because mm. he's got the money, can do it. Mm. But the fact is, you, can, you never feel completely satisfied, ever. You no, always will want to That's where you just have to leave it, I think, and not watch it for years, and then... When... I, th- I think in music, I think in, in songs, in, in music, it's different. I think you can feel that's it. I think in film... Yeah. Because, it's, you know why, because if there's only a few people involved... With something like a film or television, there are so many people involved, there's so many factors yeah, that you yeah. would say, oh, that's better. Like, how many times have you seen stuff uh, that we've done? That, yeah, yeah. There's like a bad spectrum. Yeah, in the but I think it's sort of what you did then, it's what happened, and I think you sometimes have to just... Because yeah. I also, the George Lucas thing, I, I do wonder how much it is about his reliving, you know, recreating his vision or just making another billion dollars, however much he makes, from just recutting and re-editing constantly. Yeah, I you, did you see Star Wars 3D at all? No, no, I didn't. Apparently, it was awful. Well, it's not real, is it? No, you shouldn't. Films that aren't made in 3D can't. But then, you know, Titanic got one or that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's, they're popular, but I mean, Phantom Menace is in the top fucking ten biggest. It's the only one out of is Star it? Wars that's up there. Is it? Yeah, out of all six Star Wars, that's the one that's up there. <laughs> but you know, you, but. So there's that feeling of like, oh, we can't get the actor in because they'll take over and they'll so because they assume. 
directors are kind of intimidated by it, lead actors or whatever, yeah. and they think you're going to come and just think about yourself. If you've written something, you don't think about yourself. Actually, you think about the whole... If you're, any, if you're good at what you do, yeah. you don't think about just you, you think about the whole thing. Yeah, and yeah. I think a lot of people don't realise that. Yeah. And I think that, that's the... But I bet some people do think... I bet there are people out there that do just think of themselves. I'm not oh, of course there are. That's there why... Will, I think that's why that... Otherwise, everyone. If it was, everyone you can't was think like that. that. Any any no, people out there want to write scripts or whatever, you've got to say to yourself, "Look, you know, it's about when you write." But the big thing is these days, to get anything off the ground is so hard, and you write a script, and that's only that is that is like actually like twenty percent. You know, if yeah. you think about if you if you saw a script of Mr. Bean, you go, "What the fuck is this?" Well, I bet there's not a lot. To <laughs> Uh, you know, and then you go, oh, it's very Atkinson, fine. And then you go, like, then the editing thing happens, and then you go like the director have ideas, whatever, whatever. Mm. There's a nice story actually, uh, Angus Deaton told about um, about Mr. Bean years ago when uh, when a lot of those sto- a lot of that stuff came from Mr. Bean, uh, Rowan Atkinson came from his uh, 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 shows, live shows. Mm. And Rowan Atkinson was like the right-hand man who would be Manny's sketch. Right, I see. And so loads of those Mr. Bean. Yeah, carry on. Sorry, I'm just checking to make sure it's still recording. It is. Loads of those Mr. Bean sketches came from live performances that Ronak, uh, that, that Angus Deaton had been in. Right, I see. And, and, and Ronak Atkinson has got a reputation of being a bit difficult or whatever, right, or being, right. you know, whatever. And so, but Angus Deaton was in these things, and obviously when they came to the television version, he could be the man in every single thing, because sure. it wouldn't work. Yeah, yeah. But is he's he still... In, is he in... He's in, quite, he's in quite a lot of them. Yeah, early I on. remember him being, yeah. But what happened was, Rowan Atkinson, as a, as a being a nice man, still paid him money. Oh, that's very nice. Well, even though he wasn't in them. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he well, still got royalties. Sort of co- when it's something that physical, how? yeah, it's very hard to... That's not, so yeah. involved with someone else. He kind of... I think that's right. What he did was right. It's rare that happens. Um, but it is right. I it's underrated. I think that's actually quite an underrated and comedy. Also, you say Angus Dayton, people, some people say he's um, difficult, but often that just means that they're right. And they're not afraid of saying it. Well, have we told the Tom Baker story on podcast? Uh, which one? We've told some. With Tom Baker and Blackadder the Second. Oh, yeah. No, I don't know if you have told that Should one. we tell that story? Yeah, it's a good story. Anyway, if, you, if you've heard this before, probably take about ten minutes. So, fast forward. But I don't think we have said it on here before. Um, Tom Baker told me a story. Um, Blackadder the Second. Blackadder the Second. Are we allowed to say this? Um... It's up to you. <laughs> it's know. not that bad. Yes, you can say it. What? To how old is Tom Baker? <laughs> oh no! Don't talk like that. <laughs> I don't know. I actually said. But that. Did he tell it to you in confidence? I'm pretty sure Tom Baker tells it to everyone who listen. Should we tell it? Oh no! Tell it. Fuck it. Hey, do you know why I don't want to tell it? Because I've got this idea uh, for the Doctor Who 50th anniversary next year. I had this idea, and we've already pitched it. To do um, to turn the Tom Baker autobiography into a BBC Four oh, drama, right? That's a right. So I'm not going to tell that story. All right. Sorry, everyone. It's not wait, in his, let's it's not wait. his autobiography. So yes, no. he hasn't sanctioned that. No, we weren't going to tell that story. Oh, it's a good story as well. Sorry, everyone. Um, oh, come on, what do you think? No, don't say. It. If you're worried, it's not even that bad. No, it doesn't affect Tom Baker at all. Shall I tell the story? Yeah, we built it up now. It's probably not as good as. <laughs> Well, what if I don't get the job now and writing this thing? Well, maybe come back, we'll think on it and come back to it later. Maybe we'll tell it next week. It gives us something to listen to yeah. next time. Listen in for the next one. You might hear the Tom, ba- the Tom Baker story. It isn't story. as bad as it make, we make out. And it's not as bonkers as a lot of Tom Baker stories. It's not about Tom Baker, really. It's about... Rowan Atkinson. Yeah. 
that's why we shouldn't really tell the story. Yeah. Okay. Let's no, I don't it. think he would care though. He's not going to work with him again, is he? <laughs> no, but you might want to work with Rowan Atkinson in the future. I don't think so. I might. Well, no, I might be in Bean Three. I remember seeing him in a room, thinking, "Fucking, that's Rowan Atkinson," oh. and he, you know, because he's an ugly man. Tell the story. On... All right. It's so, fine. Tell the story. You really think so? No, I don't know. I, I'm trying... Well, don't say that. Well, I, then... I try. I try to remember all. We're the really story. building up. Should we tell it? We've built it up so much now. It's probably going to be. That's what I'm saying. We should hold it till another week. We'll hold it for another week. Um, I just suddenly remembered um, one time that we tell it. If you want to, why don't we think about it? We can. You can always tell it in a minute. If if you suddenly decide it's okay, I just remember one thing that we did disagree on when we were a a sketch group. I disagreed with you quite heavily on because people often ask about dancing. Is it coming? They do. Yeah. Well, I never disagreed with you on dancing. I don't think. I don't know what we're talking about. Like we're talking about the, the talking, fucking. Yeah. We're talking about the dancing <laughs> sets, like it's fucking the Spanish Inquisition. Yeah, which it is of its day. The spe- yeah of the nineties. Come on, hey, listen, get real, kids. The one thing we are like we could have made it, we didn't. <laughs> well, what the, we're, we're all right. We're okay. Um, <laughs> what was I going to say? Oh yeah, the one thing we did not fall out over, but one big disagreement we had was your taxi. No, not my taxi. Get the car <laughs> to a place. No, it wasn't think, that. No, no, I was talking about work-wise. Oh, right. not what you're talking about. No, when he went, I don't want a car to this thing. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> that, so there was two things, but I, the first one I'm thinking of, and it was a stupid decision on my part, which was we were in Edinburgh, and you came up with the idea of fun at the funeral parlour. But at the time, it was a thing that was slightly based on a sketch we did live that I hated doing, and oh. I never enjoyed it. I, we did it once as a video... And it was called The Welsh Pimps, and I fucking hated that sketch. It never properly worked. A terrible life. But you said, I've got an idea, but based on... Not even based on that, but off of the back of that sketch. I've got an idea for a show. And I said for, I think, a year, it's a dreadful idea. I don't know what you're doing. No, wrong, rubbish. Ages and ages and ages. And it turned out to be your first big success, so I was right. I got to be in it, so that was all right. Well, it's funny... Like, but that was, yeah, not, not always right, if, just because you're, you no. think you are. Well, I went to a, the other day. Stuart Murphy invited us to because because he's not he's a, he should be the yeah, controller. Who's, who's Stuart Murphy? Tell Stuart Murphy's the, now a controller of uh, Sky, and 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 uh, he was the controller of BBC Choice when it before and BBC then Three as well. And he commissioned my first ever sitcom. Yeah, and and he was what I like about him. He's one of these people. Genuinely, he's an old even he's an old school. When you hear these stories about BBC, when they go like. We came in, Carlane came in and said, I've got this idea called fucking, you know, the sofa guys. Mm. And it's set in a sofa store and go, yeah, we have 15 episodes. Mm. You know, they're doing that quickly. Stuart Murphy would go, yeah. I mean, if it, I don't know if he said this before, but like, basically, Stuart Murphy is so instrumental in comedy for yeah. the last 10 years. Absolutely. You know, well, Gavin like, Scott, uh, BBC One, BBC Choice and BBC Three Alone, Gavin and Stacey... Little, Mighty Boosh. Little Britain, Mighty Boosh. I mean, um, for the listeners out there, your tastes may differ, but these are all successful shows. Nighty Night, Swiss Tony, yeah. and, and Fun at the Funeral Parlour. You did well out of him. He was one of these people that was slightly mocked at the time, like by the know-it-all BBC people going, Stuart Murphy, oh my God, you know, what's he doing? Blah, blah, yeah, but blah. All of, loads of his shows but got onto they, they mainstream channels. Yeah, and now, like, BBC One is in a serious, like, there's a funny thing on Twitter the other day, Someone said, um, we were, we, when we were at this party at the BBC, uh, at Stuart Murphy's party, I was talking to some producers who are, make very, very famous programmes. Don't name any names on Don't name any names, but like, apparently on Twitter, Danny Cohen's saying now there's not enough comedy on BBC One. Mm. Uh, like it's, uh, it's not, we're not getting good enough ideas. And someone on Twitter put, try looking under Cheryl Taylor's desk, is what <laughs> someone put. 
and um, meaning like there's a really <laughs> I love good Cheryl idea. Taylor and Danny Cohen if uh, yeah me too no, 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 no. <laughs> but it's true no, actually but you know, also but this is probably a bitter writer who's yeah, had an idea absolutely. turned down yeah, yeah. let's be let's be honest and probably a shit idea I course, think a lot of people they, they, there's nothing better there's no better comedy idea than an idea that's turned down because you never get to see it and yeah. it might have been shit that's the thing that people always forget and sometimes, but it's never your. My ideas all would have been brilliant, but they got turned down, so they might have been shit. Yeah, the point is though, these people are in the job, and they and and it's a quite a scary prospect because like mm. they you know, what we're talking about is like a million quid or something like that to make a series more two oh, million. Yeah, it used to be a lot more. It's and probably so, they, not so they probably do go. Can we really do this? And yeah. That's why the BBC of this. The reason why the BBC has kind of gone down slightly, and let's be honest, is because they're slightly. I do feel... I, it's a shame because, you know what, it, it should be the most powerful institution. It yeah. should be the place making all these programmes. And it is in drama. And it is in news. Well, here's the but thing. For some but reason, this is, this is always the, does treat comedy a little bit like sort of a, a, oh, an embarrassing that, sort of stepchild or whatever. No, it's absolutely true. When you have a big... I've been to these things where that Mark Thompson is now going. Good job. Um... <laughs> When someone like he, he's a big do, he'll talk about how great the BBC is, mm. and it's, comedy's never mentioned. Yeah, it's the drama and the news and, yeah. and the documentaries, and comedy's always like, oh, comedy. But that's the, that's the mm. thing that captures people's hearts. Is yeah, yeah. And it's also really weirdly important in their mind. It's the thing that people... It's the thing that the sun will write things about. People, you know, things in the, there'll be things in the sun and the mirror saying, where have all the sitcoms gone? And, you know... The only thing, oh, Reese's drinking beer out of a champagne glass. Here's the thing, right? Can I tell you, like, the thing about this whole sitcom thing is that, you know, um, like, you can come up with the best idea in the world, it sounds perfect, and something will come out from nowhere mm. and be the success. Mm. Like, you know, Miranda Hart's show, for example, no one really knew what to do with it, mm. so they put it on BBC Two at half past eight. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and suddenly it's like and because there's no competition because mm. there was a time as we all know when we were younger where sitcoms would be on from you know on a Thursday night you'd have eight <clears throat> o'clock you'd have EastEnders mm. two point four children another sitcom then you have the, then there, then the, the, it would be the ten o'clock news so you'd have at nine o'clock you'd have Smith and Jones yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. and and comedy was the basis of the evening yeah now it isn't that no now you've got the the something like the Apprentice take up a well, whole Friday, hour. <clears throat> nights weirdly are, but it's some proper old standard stuff. I mean, it's stuff I like. Have I got news for you? BBC One, this is. Have I got news for you? Which should, I still think should be on BBC Two. Um, Would I Lie to You, which I really enjoy. That's probably more BBC One. And Not Going Out, which you, is very BBC One. But, but they get really rude. I mean, it's, they said fuck in one and they swear. Well, now, but no, because now it was a. It used to be. I mean, how that got on before was because it was a pre watershed. Because, you know, at a time, everyone said, we want a pre watershed sitcom. So yeah. they wrote, they came up with one and yeah, it worked. Yeah. And obviously, like, it's anything an odd else, show. Is it, do you ever find it really odd at Not Going Out? Well, I think about it's not going, such an odd pro. I don't. I've never quite. I think, I, well, I think I don't know why. You know what I like program. about it? Why I like about it, right, is that is that it is. I think first of all, first and foremost, he's brilliant. Mm. Lee Mack is really funny. Yeah, and I think that all the jokes and it's got proper jokes in it, like mm. you want to have. And what was charming about the early series is, series was the fact that it was pre watershed and it was harmless. Yeah. Okay. And now it's become sort of more like men behaving badly. Mm. You know, in terms of tone. Which is fine, 
but you know, but the thing is, what what is odd is that like last week, and this is not a fault of Lee Mack, but like, and even he would probably say, "Hang on a minute," he was on. Would I lie to you? Yeah, have a interview, that. and then that. Yeah, that, is, yeah, that yeah. is bad scheduling on the behalf of yeah, the controller. Or, yeah, and they'd probably turn that round to make it seem like it was done on purpose. But yeah, but you would say it wouldn't have been. No one wants to see three people in one night in one row, don't they? I mean, am I wrong or no? Not? I don't. Well, I suppose if you're a massive Lee Mac fan, then it's heaven. Yes, I know, but, like, but um, it's yeah, like, no, it's weird. It's like the Tony Slattery thing. If you've got a big star, they BBC clearly love Lee Mac, which is fine. A channel should have its big star. We record that because you're burping. Sorry, I'm burping. A channel should have its big stars and names. But if you really are, do want to push Lee Mack, then you should split it up over the year, and then you have Lee Mack all year, instead of having Lee Mack for six to ten weeks at one small show, like, constantly on. For I still think that Have I Got should have one host. <clears throat> um, and it should be Alexander Armstrong. Yeah, I think it should be him. I quite enjoyed Damien Lewis on it the other day. I thought he was ah, very good. Here we go. Two stories about Damien Lewis. Okay. Number one. First of all, I went to a... Du- I mean, he's... <laughs> Can I tell you a story? I don't know this story. I can't... Damien Lewis. Hey, I've got two stories. First of all, my... my Lucy was saying to me, um, this is not Damien Lewis. This is someone who looks very much like him. Toby Stevens, the actor. Okay. James Bond. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I, I'll get around to that. So, basically, <laughs> really quick story. Um, we had, basically, we, we go to a, a circus class... Right, okay. Lucy goes, Oh, we should put into a circus class. She wants us to be the next fucking Peter Duncan. And uh, Polly Dares. But Peter Duncan, oh, he, yeah. he, was, he was in Barnum, he took over from um, uh, Duncan Dares. Duncan Dares. And uh, anyway, so we were coming out, so Polly goes into the first, our little daughter goes into the first class, and as we come out, he walks in bloody Toby Stevens. Oh. And, he's, and you go, like, Oh, it's a Bond villain. The worst. <laughs> no. Oh, Reese. Circus class you've ever had. Good actor. I won't be able to look him in the eye again. No, no, he's a really he's good actor. Really not going to listen to this. No, he's not listening to this. No, no, he's like he was. In, I was going to say the worst Bond film ever made. Yeah, I don't remember which one he's in. To be honest with you. Oh, he's good in. It's the. It's a really bad Bond film. Which one is it? The last one before it all went wrong. The last um, the, Pierce Brosnan one. Yeah, Die Another Day. Oh, uh, with Madonna so, in it. Yeah, no, the one after. Yeah, that. the one with Madonna in it. So you feel sorry. Yeah. I was going to say that there were, I was about to say the worst Bond film ever made. He won't mind me saying that because he's he's all right in it. He's yeah. good in it. He don't mind. I was going to say the worst. He Bond know. Film. <laughs> he knows. And what a lovely and he, he seemed what really lovely like nice bloke. But he looks identical to. Damien um, Lewis. Lewis, and I saw someone saying, "Oh my God, it's a bloke from Homeland," and and I, I thought if it, if someone said to him, "Hello, how are you?" Mm. and and he goes, "I love Homeland," you go, "Yes." Anyway, that was like a fantasy thing. Damien Lewis, once, you know, I always get, what? and you think it would be James Gordon, not really. It's always um, Benton, Mark Benton, Mark Benton. People go, oh, "I saw that thing." They're talking about Mark Benton. I don't. I think. I, you're, you're 20 years younger than Yeah, it's worrying when people say that. Carry on, sorry, Rhys. So, um, Damien Lewis, right, about five years ago, there's a big tsunami concert at the Hammersmith Apollo, like a big concert thing, charity thing. Damien Lewis walked in with a hat on, and he pulls his little face, you know, like... I mean, he's a good actor. I mean, that is one of the best programmes on telly. Explain the face, because the, the listeners won't know what face the you're face is, The face is... Well, pull the face, and I'll try he and He pulls his it. face like this. Oh, pout, pursed, pout. pursed lips. Pursed lips. Sucking cheeks in. Model, model, model yeah. face. Photo, right. A photo face. He walks in this uh, to the auditorium when it's still filling up. Okay. okay. He walks around, like, looking about, as if, trying to draw attention well, to himself, genuinely. Yeah. 
and basically gets no attention whatsoever. Come to the fucking theatre. So he, he walks out again. Right. Two minutes before the show's about to start, he walks in again. Yeah. And then does the same thing. And people go, oh, it was Damien Lewis. Basically, right. he re- he's someone who wants to be seen twice. Okay. Do you sure he didn't walk in, think, it's not going to start for ages, no one's here, I'm going to have a piss? Because <laughs> that gets... It's just what people start thinking when it's just someone who's, who's to me, famous. To me, he looked like he was going, I haven't got the reaction I want. I need some ice cream. I Thank fuck I've got time, I'll pop out. Yeah, you could come be back right. when it's nearly He started. was wearing a cap to the side. Well, that's just inexcusable. But it wasn't even a cap, it was like a, one of those, like, you know, you know, the ones you wear when you, like, the farming hat. Yeah. What? Yeah, like a farming hat. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's not a farmer, though. You can't wear that in a real farmer. So he had a farmer's hat on to the left. And the fucking theatre. Oh, no, yeah. it was music, did you No, say? but I was going to say, this party was Stuart Murphy's party, right? Yes. So I bumped into, like, um, I, I never met John Bishop before. Right. And, I, I and you know, I've not read, I've I don't not really been. follow stand-up at all, but I thought, God, what, I, he was genuinely, you know when you see, like, a charisma in somebody? He's supposed to be a lovely, lovely He's man. the love. he was so, like, he was a bit drunk, let's face it. Well, who wouldn't be? But he was really nice. And you know, and, and Jack Whitehall was there, who was really nice. I'm not saying he wasn't either. nice, eh? This is why I don't get ahead. I've never met, never met any of these people. These people are like, you know, you, you think to yourself, that's. I think you know, everyone goes like, people get on because they're like tough and they're this and mm. that. And these people get on because they're just nice people. Yeah. Well, yeah. Jack Whitehall. And talent as well helps. Talent helps. <laughs> My mum's a nice person, but I don't think they're going to give her a TV show. As they should. She's, she's good but as But there them. are a lot of cunts. Um, there you are. Those are big cunts. Some you? people are. There is a massive who, cunt. Mm, yes, who? I'll give you a clue. Bungalow tour. Oh, right, yeah. I've never met him either. Horrible. Although, we, weirdly, yeah. A nasty piece of work. See, I thought he's. The sort he of comes person, across as the nicest in the well, world. He's the sort of person that comes across as very nice. So I instantly think, oh, they're probably not very nice. But then they're often the people that turn out to be lovely. Oh, I remember. I've met Paddy McGuinness a few times, and he's really lovely. <sighs> Genuinely right. really nice man. I really I enjoyed his company for the ten minutes that I enjoyed it. Um, I was going to say something about... Who were you talking about before... Peter Kay. Before Peter Kay. Oh, shit. <laughs> what? I said his name now. Oh, fuck. Oh, some who was the other one you were talking about? I can't remember. It's gone. doesn't matter. I was talking, I was talking but about it's it. disappointing. I remember when I was in, uh, it's a funny story, when, I, when we did We Will Rock You, when we were doing We Will Rock You a long time ago, it's the 10th anniversary next week. Oh, Jack right? Whitehall, sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I really, did you watch much of Fresh Meat? Do you know I what? Know it's, a, but, uh, it's, a, it's a sore point for Mr because Thomas. Because you lost out, Sirens lost out to it. But yeah. he's brilliant in that. No, he really is good. And you spend the first episode thinking, oh, he really is... Well, he's an actor. No, he's an actor. And then, but even for me, yeah, I know, I, I know actors and I know acting. But for me, I thought, oh god, he really is like that. And then you just realise it's either brilliantly cast or it is both it's brilliantly both. cast and brilliantly acted. I was really no, impressed. No, he by really it. genuinely is. When he, when the horse died, when in that episode, yeah, when he yeah. was, it was just brilliant. It was. I'm so saying, good. yeah, yeah, like I saw the episode. It was very good. Um, no, I when it came on. Um, I his watched dad the first died, one. rather. The horse and his dad died. No, but, you know, he... I saw, I've got this book, because I did a thing with him. We did, like, a live night one night, and his dad's written, his dad's an agent. Mm. looked after Nigel Hayes, all these people. Very famous agent in the 80s and 90s, 70s, 80s, 90s. And, and, uh, I, and I, I, when I'm on the toilet, and I'm on it a lot at the moment, because I'm on a melon diet. You are? Watermelon diet. Does that involve lager as well? It shouldn't do, but I'm just... Basically, I'm on a thing where you can lose seven pounds in a week. 
I mean, I mean, yes, isn't that how? This is the thing I always said. It's probably not. When you were younger, people always go, "Oh, anything can kill you." Uh, Henry VIII died from eating too many melons. But I don't think did it's he? Tr- no, he didn't. What is that? I haven't even, I think heard, I've even heard that. Where I think that? a king or a prince once died from eating too many melons, a surfeit of melons. But it definitely wasn't. Are you sure it was yet. one of those funny pears that they had in that advert where to test the pear with poison? No, it was definitely. A, what was that advert? Melons. Do you remember that Petit Pois? I don't remember that. Do you remember that advert when he, he has to eat a prickly pear and he won't try, but he'll eat the Petit Pois? No, I don't remember that. He eats the peas. No, not the pea. Wasn't there like a what's the what's the yogurt? A little yogurt called Petit Pois. Petit Falou. Petit Falou. It was, it was an advert for Petit Falou. Well, I'd choose the fucking yogurt over a prickly pear. <laughs> fucking idiots. Adverts are getting very bad at the moment. Oh, listen, you know what? It's got so bad that they're, they're Milky Way are showing the old adverts again for Milky Way. Yeah, well, I quite enjoyed the red car and the blue car. I had a race. race. I used to love that when I was a child. I've, I'm a, quite a fan of adverts, weirdly. Um, I think when you're a kid, you enjoy... Because they show you to- new toys. Yeah. They show you new ways of eating chocolate. <laughs> new ways of having breakfast cereals. But I don't like it. So I'm not a big anti-advert man. I don't get angry when people are in adverts. But it's bad adverts that I can't bear. And well, you know what the worst is the BT adverts? Poor fucking BAFTA award winning um, uh, brilliant actor. Brilliant. Who? Right, who played... Who was it, who played um, not um, from my family. No, no, no. Oh, the new ones. Uh, I know you mean Daniel. Daniel Radcliffe. Rigby. Daniel Red Rigby. Not Daniel Radcliffe. He doesn't need to. Do brilliant, that. brilliant actor. Yeah. Well, yeah. You need. To, I don't think they're terrible adverts. The ones I don't like is the ones for the insurance company, with um, every every person who I really enjoy. Hey, hey, comedy. hey, hey! Let me tell you about this now. And I just think, what Here's are they doing? They're really a, bad. Do you know why they're doing it? Fifty grand. Mm. Well, yeah, I know it's 50 for the money. Grand they could all make them third. better, couldn't they? They're, they're all good comedians. Those adverts, and I'm about to, I'm now about to stop. I've never done them anyway. I went for an audition for one of those adverts, right? Mm. The one goes, Dave, Dave, all right, Dave. I went for his audition. It was made by um, uh, Vicky, Victoria Pyle, who does um, all of the. Um, she smacked the pony and all those things. Right. That's why all the people in those adverts are all are people who were... They're really good people. They're good people. And actually, they're well... Let's face it, they're very well... They're, they're quite good adverts for what they are. And, and you, mm. you get a bit of life out of them and all mm. that stuff. The and, scripts um, are dreadful, though. I think that's the problem. With but it. that's not their fault. You know, as you know, yeah. the script comes in, the director has to go, what do we do here? And to be fair, someone like um, Vicky Pyle, who, who did all those things, she's gone, here's this fucking bollocks that the, the ad agency has written and how can we make it the best we can do and they've done a good job at it, at it. Yeah, yeah. but how what I'm saying we, is they do it because of the money how do we get £50,000 Reese? well I went for the audition for those things but you know, I look at these things I thought the same thing and I saw Dave Dave and I thought thank fuck I didn't do the advert yeah but he's got 50 grand and you haven't it's yes but I would one. say but I would say look, it's like Chris Morris he doesn't do any adverts doesn't he no who knows what he does? He's a mysterious man. He doesn't do it. I always thought uh, Iannucci didn't do adverts, but he directs the fuck out of them. He makes loads of them. But they have to do that. It's, it's the beast and the... and the, What's the word? The, uh, the beast and the beauty. Yeah, OK. So you make the adverts, <laughs> you make loads of money from them, and it makes you be able to pay, get paid yeah. fuck all money to yeah. do what television pays And for. weirdly, you can get cast off the back of them in proper programmes. I, I don't blame... always thought didn't happen, but it does. I don't blame anyone for doing adverts, no. right? Okay, and if I got an advert tomorrow, which I probably won't get now, <laughs> after this, for the four people who listened, I, I don't, I don't blame them. Yeah, because it's quick, easy money, and it means you can do what you want to do. 
I'm going to get a beer. You sing them a song, um, and then we'll answer some questions. Okay, uh, it's just me now. Do you want another drink? I've got one here, thanks. I think you, I think this is a good one tonight, Tone. It's great. Is there any insight? We give some good insider information, and uh, <laughs> okay, let's oh. do some questions. Right. Um, in the space of the questions, think about whether you want to tell the Tom Baker Rowan Atkinson story. Let's have a look. Do I have to stop this after half an hour? Oh, fuck it, it'll be fine. I'll upload it a different way. Okay, hopefully this won't stop recording. I think we'll be under an hour, that's okay normally. For uploading, I had some uploading issues. I had to use an FTP upload, never done that before in my life. It's the boring bit where we have to... It's the boring bit where they have to listen to me trying to find... Oh, we've got eight. Oh, a celebrity um, is the first question... David Arnold. From David Arnold, composer, star of the Matt Lucas Awards. He's on King he, Awards. Can I, let's say, David Arnold is the man who composed the music Loads to, of Bonds. to all the Bond films. Loads of and telly. he made an amazing album. He's, he's done the music to film I've been in, a couple of films I've been in. What's that? Anonymous? Uh, he did Anonymous. I think he did Ali G. He's a massive really Queen fan, and he's, and he's also in the uh, Queen documentary. Uh, he? documentary. And he's a funny, funny man. He's a man, he's a, a polymath. Is he? Yeah, he's funny and can do... Oh, no, the thing about David things. Arnold is this, is that he, he also did uh, Random Hot Cook, you know, mm. he did that a long time ago. And Little Britain theme tune. And also, what else did he do? Oh, God, a brilliant album with Shirley Bassey. Anyway. Yeah. He also did, did he redo the Mission Impossible thing? No, that's not. No, but he did, he did the Bond Shaking Not Stowed with that's the propeller heads and that's, like. that's it, I was getting confused. His question is, my question is, why are you doing a podcast in about half an hour? Well, we've answered that. It's a that. very good question. That I don't know. Why are we doing it, Reese? Because we are bachelors and we're enjoying ourselves. That's it. It's bachelors. Uh, the boys are back in town. Pretend you... Listen, Me and the boys... Wait, wait, wait. Let's pretend, right? Okay, let, let's pretend it's like Saturday morning television and you're going through the little letter mm. bag and you're pulling mm. them out. Well, let's pull out another letter at random. Gordon, would you like to do it? No, no, you have to speak to Gordon. Ed the Duck, you do it. Oh, right. oh I see what you're doing now. They, yeah. put, they would always get Gordon or yeah, yeah, Ed the it. Duck to pull one out. Anyway, I was trying to do what you said. That Ben Baker. Hello, that Ben Baker. What was the comic relief in Broadmoor sketch with Simon Amstel recording? Oh. What's your... F- and... Oh, he's got two. Well, let's come back to his second question in a second. That was for a comedy... Channel 4 comedy pilot called... Uh, Crash. Crash. Here's a story. Here's a good story. Good story. Yes. About eight years ago or whatever, Simon Amstel was doing Pop World and everyone was going how funny he was and he was and uh, he was really funny. And so me and Shane Allen, who was at Talkback <coughs> at the time, who's now head of Channel Four, comedy. Yeah, I had this idea at that point saying, why don't we do Saturday Superstore on a Saturday night? Yes. You know, like live, one hour long, phone calls. Uh, you know, like outside broadcasts, yeah, and and a guest on the spot, you know, and some sketches, and some sketches, but that would, but sketches that were like uh, uh, VT packages in a show, like in the show, well. so almost like having the like a fake Simon. magazine show, almost. yeah, yeah, but it not was, fake, it was real it was called, as well. And it was called Crash. I wanted to call it Wet Break because that's what it was like when you yes. have to stay in because you have yes. to. I remember that. And um, so we did this pilot, and. Um, so it's me and Simon Amstel. I was like I was on the wall, useless. The hosts hosting. were you, Simon me and Amstel, Amstel and, and Tony Law. Tony Law had his little side news Cause, desk. Because we did a thing called we did that that, that, um, that really bad uh, p- uh, 
panel show called Doug, Does Doug Know? Oh, you two did. Well, that was actually quite funny, some yeah, of that, that, I remember. I know. Sorry, With Daisy that. Donovan being the host. Yeah, she was, yeah. So it was just after the Evercock show, we did all those things. Which Shane produced as well. Yeah. So, yeah. It wasn't really bad. I suppose it was all right. And, and, uh... I remember loving Doug. Yeah, Doug, Doug was just one of the... Yeah, anyway. So, anyway, so we did this... We, we were going to do this pilot, and we had decided to do a VT, which was... Because when we were doing it... It was a... F- but the thing, if him saying it comic relief, it's a f- it was a fake comic relief. Yes. VT. What happened was, was that we were going to make that... We were making the pilot as if it was on that week. So yeah. it was comic relief, comic relief that was day. on that week, yeah. So, so basically the idea was, when you give it to the control of Channel 4, they watch what you would do that week had yeah. it been made that week. So we did, a, we did a comic relief thing. And the idea was, all the inmates of a certain prison... Rosemary West. It was a very, Tony. it was like a famous prison. <laughs> it was like, yeah, famous I prison. I played Rose West, you played... I was uh, Peter Sutcliffe. Peter Sutcliffe. Alex Lowe was... Barry Bolsara. Barry Bolsara. He sang Don't Stop Me Now. Who's now innocent. Yeah. Um, and always what I had, always was. Well, yeah, well, now and, he's known and, to be innocent. And then... Um, and uh, Shane Allen himself played... Um, a prison guard. Ch- no, and Charles Bronson. No, no Charles, who was Charles Bronson? Yeah, uh, uh, Ant Hines, who writes all for Ali G now. He writes right, for, yes. Yeah. Sorry, I forgot. He might have write for Dictator. Wasn't there another... Oh, and a brilliant performance from uh, Stephen Steve Burge, Burge playing Hal Shipman. Shipman. And we all sang Get By With Help From My Friends. Maybe he's alive then. Just about. It was, yeah, it was just about alive. So we did this whole thing, and um, what happened was, is that we did this pilot, it, it really, it was, it was well received, Yeah. and then the controller left, or someone left, and then they did the Friday Night Project, which is yeah. the same thing. But you, didn't you do a second pilot of Crash? We did. That was sort of taken out of your hands? Yes, yes that's right. Or you let them just take it? Yes, Because you we were did. heavily, I remember going to writing meetings for the first one, you were... Not co-producing it, but you were heavily involved in the creation of. Well, we were going to have a mini quiz in, in it. Like, I was all, uh, yes, yes, that. Co- yeah, we co- did co- a co- run through of that. We did a run through of the. Where quiz. I was dressed as um, fucking uh, Morgan Freeman. No, not Morgan Freeman. It was um, Danny Glover. You were Danny Glover. Yeah, you blacked out. I was. Yeah, again. And I remember, I remember seeing Peter Fincham sitting there going, "Right, <laughs> okay." God, no wonder Thinking, this ain't going to work. work. That, yeah. Next one. What's the next question? Um, and he follows up uh, that Ben Baker. What's your favourite un-TX pilot? I think it's probably that one. Weirdly, do you, I'm you know what that was asked last week about? What pilots did I see that never made it? And there was one that your missus was in, Hibbert and Long. Um, I really enjoyed it. I loved it. Written by um, Sam and Jesse. What happened there with Sam and Jesse? They wrote a pilot for. Uh, here's a story. There, they wrote a pilot for Anton Deck for ITV. Right. And they could, and and I think Anton Deck didn't work, so they basically said, "Well, let's do it as a sitcom." So and it ended did, up being a bit like a female live of birds. Uh, well, I was going to say a female peep show, but weirdly, in with an audience. Um, yes, and what what, what they did there based. was, and it's never been seen. We've got a tape, and it actually, you know, it's like the, instead of it was like a lazy part. It wasn't down to Sam and Jesse, but the production company who made it in house ITV or whatever. They basically just, rather than just rewrite it, they just said, let's change the characters to win. Right, oh, right. Yeah. So basically, and, and change the mat, and so it didn't really well, work. Well, sometimes works, but not every Godleman, character. Kerry Godleman was in it. They were both brilliant in it. I remember going to watch it being recorded, and I Simon felt Day that it was, was just, it. Simon Day was good in it as well. He played their landlord. Yeah, it wasn't, genuinely, it was like a bad example of, and what happened was that Paul Jackson, who was head of, the, the channel, uh, of comedy at the time, mm. announced it and said, Ah, oh, here's what happened. Here we go. Here's what happened. Okay. He really liked it, and it wasn't. It was good. Yeah. And what happened was, 
Simon Shapps, this, this evil man, took over ITV. <laughs> okay, and I, I tell you what, how, why he was evil, because I'd written a script that me and Michael Kitchen were going to be in. Yes. Called Raven. It was like That's a vigilante thing. About, that was knocking about there. Yeah, well, it was about to be... Ha- it was commissioned. We got yeah, paid yeah. the money. Me and Charlie wrote the script, and it was like a, about a vigilante. Like, imagine if Alan Sugar was a vigilante. That was the idea. Right. And it was about to be made, and this guy came over and went, no, none of this stuff. And he junked all of it. And he junked... One of the things mm. he junked was the Hibbert and Long thing. Okay. So that's the answer. On that, I'm going to stop recording, and you're going to get two podcasts again for the price of one, right. which is free. Because this is going to... Yeah, it's, it's 50 minutes. And I think we're going to go on a lot longer than 50 minutes. Yeah, I think so, yeah. So let me just stop this, and we'll be back with more of your questions.